coming. Please stand for a Pledge of Allegiance and a short invocation. Are we ready? I pledge of allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you asking for guidance, wisdom, and love. Please protect our community and keep everyone safe. Amen. Amen. Roll call. Ms. Lease? Aye. Mr. Beck? Aye. Here. Mr. Bryant? Ken has vertigo still, so he, I think he will not be able to make the meeting. I move approval of the agenda. Second. Roll call. Mr. Beck? Aye. Ms. Lease? Aye. Um, I move approval of the minutes. We don't have any. Um, fiscal officer's report we do not have. Presentations we do not have. Public hearing we do not have. Old business we do not have. New business. I move approval of resolution G2022-25. Resolution authorizing a text amendment to section 31 definition section 51 gen general provinces section thank you provisions section 137 EE planned residential district section 143.2 shared parking section 146 outdoor lighting section 171 additional use height and area regulation and exceptions um, section 320.4 variable message centers section 321.4 wall signs section 321.5 variable message center and section 351 detached garage storage structures and other detached structures of sims township zoning and resolution in dispensing with the second reading second discussion okay so we talked about all of these text amendments at the, our January 18th work session. However, we did add two sections that we have not previously discussed, and that would be section 31 definitions, where we added a definition for short-term rentals, and under section 51, under the general provisions, where we now will are seeking to prohibit short-term rentals so i'll let jeff explain where we are and why we're here in the process okay okay thank you um i assumed everybody out here was was here to you wanted to hear about the uh variable message sign changes no okay. all right <laughs> okay that's a legal that's a legal joke yeah <laughs> you'd be surprised Okay, so there are really two, two things I think would be helpful. Um, one is to talk just for a second about what's in this resolution. Um, these are two text amendments related to short-term rentals. Um, and, and like I said, there are two provisions here. One is the definition of short-term rental. That uh, proved to be the issue that we had to deal with uh, last night at BZA because our code currently does not have a definition for short-term rental. So we're proposing to add that definition. And then the second part is now that we have, now that we will have defined what a short-term rental is, then we are providing some more guidance to say that short-term rentals 
essentially shall not be permitted in any residence district. So that's what this text amendment is about. This text amendment, this is the first you know, process that we have to follow to do a text amendment. It's, it, it's initiated here by the trustees. It will go to the Hamilton County Regional Planning Commission for a discussion and a recommendation. That will come back to the township, to our zoning commission. Our zoning commission will have a public hearing uh, and the zoning commission will make a recommendation that will come back to this board. This board will also have a public hearing and the public will have an opportunity to uh, weigh in however they would like uh, on that. And ultimately, just like any other text amendment, this board has the ultimate authority to, uh, to make those amendments. You can, um, and I should say, through this process that I just explained, it's not and that there might be some tweaks and changes here and there to any of these provisions. You know, regional planning can look at it and say, this looks good, but we would suggest that you maybe make this modification. Same thing can happen at zoning commission. And then ultimately it comes back here. You can, uh, you can listen to those recommendations. Uh, this board has the authority to hear those recommendations, but just stick with what your initial uh, thought was. So my point is there is a very set forth process that we have to follow that involves the public at at least two opportunities before any change would be made to the code. So that's what this is about. It might be helpful if you don't mind if I have a few minutes just to talk about last night what led to last night and the, the process that that is involved there like I mentioned one of the text amendments we're proposing is to define short-term rental and then place some regulations on it and that like that was the problem that we had that led to uh, the administrative appeal heard at the BZA last night because our code didn't define short-term rental uh, so when some complaints were heard, uh, our, the zoning department went back at it. They saw what was happening. They did some research. They realized what was happening. They came to a conclusion that in that particular case, the short-term rental that was being used was not, did not fit the definition of single-family residential. But what we had to do at this at the administrative level is then say we have to make an interpretation under our code and say since we don't define short-term rental we have to figure out what it's essentially what is it most like in in our existing code because the we only have the ability to regulate things based on our code so through some discussions some additional research the the zoning administrator made the interpretation that we would treat short-term rentals like a bed and breakfast. And a bed and breakfast has its, and it is defined, it has its own process of how to get approved. It's what's called a conditional use. And so that was the determination, interpretation made by the zoning administrator. That was provided to the property owner and well within their rights, this is exactly how the process is meant to work, they disagreed with that interpretation, 
and they were able to file what's called an administrative appeal uh, and by our code the BZA and and so that's what last that's what we had last night and I think everybody was was here and that had to be heard by the BZA yes that the interpretation that hears that appeal, the Board of Zoning. So that's what we did last night. Um, the role in that kind of an appeal. They conduct a hearing, they hear evidence, they hear testimony, they hear arguments from the attorneys, they took public comment, and then based on everything that they've heard, they have and this is not just about last night's case, this is in any uh, administrative appeal. The BZA has essentially three options of what to do. The BZA can affirm the interpretation of the zoning administrator, and this to affirm that we're gonna treat short-term rentals like, an, like a bed and breakfast. They can reject or deny the interpretation in that case, that would be saying, we disagree. Uh, Short-term rentals are not like bed and breakfast, but of uh, provide designation of what, how we short-term rental. The third option, and this is right in the code, so I want everyone to understand, this is exactly what the BZA is permitted and supposed to do. The third option is to modify the interpretation of the zoning administrator. And you, can you define code real fast so they understand? I'm talking about uh, the, the Sims Township Zoning Resolution, okay. which is available. On, I'm, I bet everybody out there has it, but it's available okay. online. Yeah, so when I say code, We're that's familiar. just, I'm talking about the zoning resolution, which, as we've said before, is ultimately. Uh, adopted and amended by the Board of Trustees. That third option is to modify the interpretation of the administrator. And in that case, the, the BZA, and I think, by the way, that, um, that Brian Snyder from Hamilton County did a really great job of explaining this part. When you do that, if the BZA is going to modify, the BZA is essentially stepping into the shoes of the zoning administrator and saying, based on the code, we, we disagree with your interpretation, we're gonna modify it because we think, based on the code, based on the evidence and the testimony that we've heard, we think the correct interpretation would be whatever they come up with. In this case, that's what the BZA did last night. They chose to modify the interpretation of the zoning administrator, uh, and they did so by saying that short-term rentals will be treated or considered under the use category of hotel motel for purposes of zoning administration. So whereas the initial uh, determination had said, we're gonna treat them like bed and breakfast, the BZA heard all the evidence and the testimony and they said, no, we think the more appropriate interpretation is to treat them like hotel motel. And, and so that was the decision 
that came from the BZA last night. Okay. Any so questions or does that kind of <coughs> cover it? There is that continue. Right. Can I can we reflect? So what's the difference between hotel and bed and breakfast so they understand? Um they are two def they are two defined terms in the zoning resolution. The zoning resolution defines uh, bed and breakfast, and I, don't, I to probably have it here somewhere. But live on the property. It's it's a, only a certain number of rooms. No access to kitchen facilities. Signage, parking. Yeah, as other signage requirements, parking requirements. Um, Hotel motel is a use that is separately defined under our zoning resolution, uh, and it just it has a, dif a different definition. It talks it has a different number of rooms. It talks about um, renting or not renting them, but uh, using them for a fee. It I'm, I probably have it here somewhere, but the the specifics are that the BZA heard everything had the code in front and reached a conclusion. And I have, I'm pretty sure a unanimous conclusion. I think it was five zero vote that said, we think they would, it was more appropriately treated as a hotel motel use. Okay. Mm -hmm. And hotel motel is owned? Well, hotel motel use is only permitted in I believe the O district and the E district. And it's not a conditional use. If you are, if you own a property in the O district or E district, and you want to operate a hotel motel, uh, you just come in, you get the zoning certificate, and you can do it. There's no, uh, there's no hearing for it. There's no additional application for it. It's different. And in this case, based on what the BZA said that would include short-term rentals can only be used uh, in the O and E districts. I could, yeah, a hotel or motel is a building containing more than four individual rooms for the purpose of providing for periods not exceeding 30 days overnight lodging facilities to the general public for compensation with or without meals and which has common facilities for reservations and cleaning services combined utilities and on-site management and reception so that was the determination that was made by bza last night and that's how we will proceed until some other body tells us otherwise so for a property that is intended to be an Airbnb in Sims Township, as of today, does that mean, based on the ruling last night, that that is forbidden? Or are we in a gray area? Or do we're, we need, we are to, so we need to issue like a stay? Or well, something? so the BZA issued their decision last night. Mm -hmm. um, the actual written decision of seven, I think seven days or so. Um, so until the owner receives the written decision, we're in a bit of a gray area right now. 
and I say that because once they receive the written decision, they have the, they have the ability to file an appeal of that decision. Um, that appeal is based on state law, so it's, it sort of takes it out of our zoning resolution into the state law. State law says um, they have 30 days to file that appeal. And while they file that appeal, can they operate? Yes. And once they file the appeal and it goes to the common police court during the process, will they be able to operate? Yes. And so we have a handful of these properties today. Do they all have to file their own appeal or do they no. work together? Class action? No. No, this is only specific to this particular mat, this particular case. Um, any other, ZA, which will be, um, and then we have this text amendment process that mm -hmm. is being uh, at least. Uh, proposed to be initiated tonight mm -hmm. um, so for now um, any existing short-term rental facility may be able to continue operating until uh, and, and then we have to go through this text amendment process to set some uh, some new rules in the code even after we do that existing ones will be considered a legal non-conforming use so they were in use um, prior to the zone change there it's, it's what we commonly called being grandfathered in mm -hmm. they would be able to continue that the burden is on the property owner to demonstrate that they were already um, in business you know already operating under that before the zone change happens um, and then but the other issue is <coughs> If the decision of the BZA is appealed, as we anticipate that it will, that does basically put a stay on the BZA's decision. Even though the BZA that would apply to the code as a whole applies to all the properties as a whole so while that decision is being appealed we can't enforce it until we have a final determination from the court and I, I won't hold you to this but can you give me some rough idea how long will it take to get a final determination from the court yeah I, I mean six months nine months a year um, I, I can tell you the. I can tell you some of the specifics of it to give you an idea, but it's in control of the court that, that we can't control. The decision was last night. <clears throat> they have thirty days to. Their month. Mm -hmm. Once they file the appeal, the township has forty-five days to prepare the transcript and the record and submit that to the court we will of course try to do that faster but you know that that's that's a job somebody is going to have to pull the 
the video of that and transcribe it. So we file that. Then the court will set it for an initial case management conference. We'll go to that. And then the, you know, the, and in this case, in Hamilton County, I will just, I just want people to be prepared for this. Um, I believe every judge in Hamilton County, with the exception of maybe one, you know um, and then once it's briefed the magistrate will uh, likely set it for a, what's called an oral argument where the attorneys will come in and argue the case and then once we do that I can't predict at all how many it, it could take months for the magistrate to issue a decision and then without getting too much in the weeds on this when a decision comes from a magistrate, that's not necessarily a final order. You can file objections to that that then goes to the judge, um, which could kind of start the process over again and add more months to that. So I don't want anyone to think that that administrative appeal is, is fast. Um, we will do everything we can moving as quickly as possible. But once it's in the system control this level some exists law from other jurisdictions Do you on know? on the question of short-term rentals yes I'm not aware of any other cases that in Hamilton County that have gone to that um, I mean, many jurisdictions don't w w are probably in the same spot that you were in, where they don't have any regulations about short-term rentals. State does not have any the state of Ohio does not regulate short-term rentals uh, in that in the way that we're talking about. Um, some communities have just started uh, introducing regulations for short-term rentals. And as far as I know, I'm not aware of any of them that have been challenged in court. So, I mean, this, this could be a, a sort of a question of first impression for whichever judge is assigned to the case. Um, so, but that being said, all the judges in Hamilton County are very familiar with how to handle uh, zoning administrative appeals may not be the specifics of this particular case, but they all know how to handle this type of case. Mm -hmm. I just had one last question. Sure. Um, I know back when we were thinking it was going to go in the direction of bed and breakfast, there was um, a secondary conversation about the need for a conditional use permit for that mm -hmm. usage. So that's gone to the side, but now we're talking hotel motel. Does does someone require, do they need a conditional use permit to operate a short-term rental? No. 
residential. Well, they're not permitted to be in a residential district. So it automatically would exclude every neighborhood out there that's zoned A. Right. B, C, D. Right. And, and you can't get, uh, I guess maybe, maybe I, I misunderstood. You can't then get a conditional use to operate a hotel or motel in a residential district. That's just, that's not one of the allowed conditional uses. Okay. And so if you wanted to, if, if this um, determination of the BZA were withheld, you know, or, or um, affirmed, then essentially what we'd have to do is any uh, short-term rental that we're aware of that's in a residential district, we would send them a notice of violation that says, you're operating what we consider to be a hotel motel use those are only permitted in the O district and the E district. You're in whatever, A, B, C, D. Um, it's not permitted. You, need, you have to cease the operation. So the zoning, the zoning Appeals Board last night, they took a really strong stance. Mm -hmm. they, mm -hmm. they did yes. a great job. Yes. They did exactly what the, exactly what the BZA is authorized to do. And I guess I would just last thing I would say is um, I just wanted to point out I thought what a good job that the BZA did. Um, I've, I do this all over the place. You know, I do this in a lot of communities, and I can tell you. How many communities do they? Well, have? I represent five different political subdivisions. And how long have you been doing this? Twenty years. Okay. I've also. Uh, yeah, and I've also represented um, in, in the communities where I'm not the law director, I've represented property owners on zoning appeals. And I've, I've appeared before BZAs. I, I've, I've yes, I've done it. And I can tell you one of the chief complaints you will hear uh, from time to time is that BZAs do nothing but rubber the administrator says. And I want to be clear. That is not the case with this Board of Zoning Appeals. Um, to, they could have easily walked in and said, we don't need to hear anything. Uh, we read your staff report. Sounds good to us. They didn't do that. They conducted a good, thorough, I mean, thorough <laughs> <laughs> hearing. They heard th from the property owner. They heard from staff. They heard from a number of residents. They deliberated on the issue for quite some time. and reached their own determination based on everything that they heard because so i think that's that deserves some mm -hmm. right some because of credit brian he had a different idea they came to a different conclusion than right. what brian recommended yep and that's it, but that's exactly what the code allows for in the process mm -hmm. in the process mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. absolutely mm -hmm. okay okay so i i'm gonna take this time to do hearing from the public so if anybody would like to make a comment please stand up just say your name and address but I before we do that I do just want to thank the zoning appeals board because I think you did an excellent job yes second that okay well I share a lot of, of what your attorney just said um, I want to express two thoughts one is let you know what we heard from the public last night okay. because not as much of them showed up tonight as did last night and had a lot to say so I want to share a little bit of that at the end. Uh, partially what I want to share is a little bit of a complaint. I think your staff overreached their authority. 
that's a personal opinion that's not an opinion of the Board of Zoning Appeals that's just my personal view I felt that the interpretation of the, the zone there's zoning code zoning resolution zoning ordinance terms that are so commonly used ours is a resolution I find it like he does difficult to say resolution when I'm thinking code or, or ordinance um, our resolution has two separate big categories and I don't think he really explained it all that well treating this as a bed and breakfast the an Airbnb puts it in a place called conditional use because there are four conditional uses allowed for residential districts and that's a special treatment that's an appeal process that can come to the Board of Zoning Appeals you fit into that they have to apply for that conditional use they have to get permission for that if you classify it as something else like we did last night a hotel that doesn't fit in that section of the code at all there there's no hearing it's forbidden mm -hmm. so you don't have that right so when you say as a staff that your zoning resolution allows an Airbnb to be the same thing as a bed and breakfast or what I thought was so cute about the conditional use a granny house where my wife and I have our house and we build a house in the back for grandma so she has her own place and her own little kitchen it's not the same we thought of, of a bed and breakfast didn't fit that bed and breakfast is so clearly defined we can only deal with the definitions you have in your resolution and bed and breakfast is owner occupied and that goes to the heart of all the objections we heard last night mm -hmm. If you have an absentee owner who rents this out for a profit to anybody who will come and spend the weekend or go to a football game and they're having parties and beer and causing public nuisances, that becomes a problem. Owner-occupied buildings don't have that problem. The owner's got to live there too. So calling an Airbnb distant owner-occupied is so totally different and for the staff to interpret it as fitting that criteria for whatever reasons they did I felt was beyond their authority the authority for that resides with the Board of Trustees I didn't feel even we had that authority and this is just a personal side comment I, are we being recorded tonight? Yep. <laughs> I, I don't want to see this in the in, in the uh, transcript of the trial but for whatever reason and I don't know that that uh, Luann manipulated this but I was the last vote I would have voted to reject entirely the, the, the submission I would have said we can't rule on that it's not in the code what we did was actually different before it got to me it was four votes for hotel and I went well we need to be unanimous if this is going to court I would have voted just say we can't deal with this we reject that interpretation entirely we modified it to say hotel I thought that was overstepping our bounds I think that's your job that's why I'm so glad to hear tonight that that's what you're doing you're going you're looking at what you can do with your code you're looking at amending it it may take several months the lawsuits gonna take six months to 12 to a year to resolve 
this is going to work out over time but by the time they get into court you may have a, an ordinance mm -hmm. that makes the court case moot you know less legal fees involved perhaps so I felt that your staff overreached their authority I didn't think we had that authority that we actually exercised I think that's your job I'm glad you're going to be doing it in the ordinary due course I thought we were we were we did the wrong thing I thought the staff did the wrong thing the other thought I want to share with you is what we heard last night I was stunned how much of this is going on I'm not sure that the person is here last is here now but probably is one of our public comments was I went on the internet I found an Airbnb operator who operates 13 houses in Sims townships in Sims township our township one owner operating 13 B&Bs well maybe maybe the rest of us were right last night when they're talking hotel 13 B&Bs is one absentee owner are you kidding me that needs to be regulated mm -hmm. if you look at what regulation there is you're not inventing the wheel the city of Cincinnati has a zoning ordinance for Airbnbs the uh, city of Columbus has one Cleveland has one small jurisdictions have them some don't but it's out there there's a lot to work with a lot to write from city of Cincinnati you can, you can work with with that resolution and work that what they've done in Cincinnati number one is they've taxed it Airbnb excise tax for for anybody who's operating one the 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 revenue from that goes to the city of Cincinnati presumably and I don't know the legalities there are differences about municipal law for cities and townships so I don't know the distinction as it would apply here I'm not your lawyer and I'm just the amateur at the moment but maybe there's a tax opportunity there not that it needs to be but there's the op maybe the opportunity but it's also about insurance requirements for Airbnbs it's also about safety and the nuisance to the other neighbors right right I'm glad to hear that you guys are going to regulate this I know that was there was a public groundswell last night that didn't carry over to today and I hope some of these people who know more about this and are facing these problems can speak for themselves. But right. thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not interested in the tax. No, I'm not interested not in, in the, the liability. I don't want to police it. So, so this is rentals of one year or more is what's in this. Works for me. Yeah. Big time. I've got two on my street yeah. sharing with my neighbor. Um, or I had two on my yeah. street um, they're both families in those houses and now I only have one on my street because yeah. the property owner said you might as well buy the house you've lived here four years so now they own the house so yeah those are long-term yeah. I mean they're part of the neighborhood absolutely yeah I mean a lot of the a lot of the concern was uh, I think we were hearing a little bit about that I think from from the attorney or, the, or, or or Brian Snyder was gee there were there was some kind of equating between I own my house I sell my house I move out of town but I didn't I didn't sell the house I rented it out to somebody and I'm signing six month nine month 12 month leases and I don't want 
this this is not we don't want to take away that right and but we we shouldn't be shortening it down to what do you want to do for the weekend well there's a football game mm -hmm. and it and it becomes a public nuisance issue about public safety what we were hearing yeah. and i don't want to steal somebody else's thunder but they were talking about airbnbs have brought into our neighborhoods lyft drivers and uber drivers who are lost as to where they're going they're running over i don't know if they're running over fire hydrants or what but knocking over mailboxes and stuff that's all part of the the scheme of that that business activity of people coming and going on a very short-term basis right. so you talk about an airbnb i just don't see it right. so right. let's right. let the, the public who did show up they're only a fraction of what we heard okay thank you who's next Hello, uh, I'm Mitchell Schott. I was at the meeting last night. Uh, I did type something up, but um, I'm not Can you going to your read. Address for the oh, it's 10051 Humphrey Road. Um, I have calmed down quite a bit from just the first 15 minutes of this meeting uh, compared to how I left last night. Um, had a lot of questions going on today, but I, I am so happy to hear that this is getting addressed. Um, I'm, I'm not even going to get into um, what I prepared um, other than the fact that I do have one that is being operated next door to my house now that I, I learned today from Brian that does not have a conditional use permit. Um, they advertise online that the house can sleep 20 plus guests, can host large gatherings. Uh, we've already had a couple issues uh, with it that I'm worried when it does warm up. Of amendment or a conditional use permit or something uh, for these people now, or should I hold off and play dumb until? you push through this text amendment that hopefully stops short-term rental. So that's what I'm kind of confused at right now. Once we get this done, his neighbor will be sent a letter saying he cannot know. Well, no, 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 no. That's because he's any, any, <laughs> Even though he hasn't filed the... No, okay, let me make something really clear. Yeah. Nobody has to have a conditional use to do this right now. Okay. Um, and it's not set by state. State the the zoning administrator's interpretation that was in it, that was the subject of the appeal last night wanted to treat them like a bed like a bed and breakfast which would have required a conditional use permit but that is not what that's no longer the case because the bza disagreed with that and they chose to go a different route which is within their which within their realm so if you're short-term rental right now you don't have to have a, a conditional use permit and if you're a short-term rental right now and this zoning amendment goes through in a in a form pretty much like it is now that would say you're not allowed to have short-term rentals in residence districts um, if you're already doing it you would be considered a legal non-conforming use and you'd be allowed to continue 
we have a whole separate section in our um, zoning resolution that regulates uh, legal non-conforming uses and it has some conditions in there that says if you stop doing it for a certain period of time then you lose your non-conforming status and you're not allowed to start again um, if you, you know you can't add on to it to make it bigger or uh, more non-conforming um, but uh, yeah I just want people to understand that and that's that's not unique to short-term rentals that's just the law in Ohio when it comes to zoning if, if you are engaged in a use and then the use is prohibited you're a legal non-conforming use and you're allowed to continue so yeah it's yes yeah, they're grandfathered to use okay. the sort of so we have two parallel tracks we have assuming they appeal to the court downtown for existing entities and then we have our zone or our text change mm -hmm. which from the moment that is blessed like approved finally from that point on it stops all future activity right in residence in residential yeah. districts right. yes right so I have to I would need to wait really before I can take any action with you guys or legally I have to wait for the text resolution to get pushed through and then I can take action uh, there's nothing I can do right now because your situation is a grandfathered okay. situation that yeah. has to wait until this common pleas court oh okay is decided right it, yeah so I, what I mean, what what do I do besides call the police at 11 o'clock I mean that's one of the other things you do that you do that you you call the police they enforce the noise exactly ordinance you know, they enforce nobody wants to have to do that especially in the neighborhood that I live in the fact that I'm even have to think that I'm gonna have to call the police over somebody being loud next mm -hmm. door you know I don't comply I've hung out outside my back porch and been loud at 11 o'clock you know but to have to deal with it on random nights and all that stuff as you guys you know I've heard over mm -hmm. and over um, mm -hmm. So I guess my only recourse really is to call the police when the Nord ordinance is from 11 to 7. seven so at 11:15, if they're blasting music, they're outside hooting and hollering, I can just call the police. Yes, okay. go from there. Yes. Okay. And just jot down notes. Yeah, I've already got I've already got some started. So. Okay. Cool. Well, thank you guys. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thank you, Mitch. Can I follow that up just a second? Yes. Because I, I, I like our, our attorney to, to address it. What I'm hearing is a, a lot of concern about this grandfathered concept. There's a difference between grandfathered use and public nuisance. And if, you, you, if you're talking about a simple grandfathered use mm -hmm. and they're quiet, not being offensive to the public or the community, mm -hmm. They really don't have a lot of complaint for that. They're really not objecting to that. What they're objecting to is the public nuisance element, right. which is a different area of the law and subject to the police power. And it can be actually, it doesn't have to be built into your code, but it can be. If you look, I think it's the Cincinnati ordinance on this. They actually talk about public nuisance issues that happen three times in a year and losing your license. And so you can, you can address that aspect of it. And somebody who even grandfathered, it's not about 
you, you're not grandfathered to be a nuisance. You can't be grandfathered to commit a public nuisance. Right. So you can take away their use right or police them so that they can't, they don't violate that or, or they face the music and face the punishment. That's what I wanted to raise so that you see the difference between simple grandfathering of use and the nuisance element. Right, I understand. Who's next? My name's Kerry Kane. I live at 10120 Meadow New Drive, next door to the Airbnb. Uh, I, last night I presented, when I think it was helpful to the PZA uh, stats on the number of people that have been there because the owners tended to be very vague on that and say, well, we rented mostly for a week or a month and we've had like 12 or some renters without any specifics. I've been watching people come and go, and I've got a spreadsheet. There's been 50 different renters over the last 14 months. And since May, there's been 72% uh, or, or three and a half days or, or less. So it's, it's a quick turnover. So mm -hmm. hopefully, I made the point last night, but my concern is I wanna, I'd like to just shut it down. Mm -hmm. I just don't like the uncertainty of having not knowing who's next door mm -hmm. and they think it's just fine that there's different cars in the in a driveway every week or every other day and my concern with the if you come up with a resolution the, the, I guess the best thing for the us we property owners would be this if the court upholds the hotel motel designation because mm -hmm. in that case as I understand it then they would be shut down because mm -hmm. there's no way for them to continue operating a business in their residential area. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, yeah under the current regulations, yes. 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 But I think we need to be prepared for the fact that they're going to appeal that and someone, some judge down in Hamilton County may have a different opinion and think, well, it's not really a hotel. We, it needs to be classified as something else. So we need to make sure we write a resolution that says, gee, it is this we need to regulate it and if there's more than that's a very good point if there's more than x number of complaints or something uh you can lose your license or whatever else need we need a way to be able to get them out of there if they become a problem because it's just it's just i mean and these people are not forthright okay uh they moved they bought the house and moved in and uh happened to tell my wife oh we're gonna rent it to families so I'm, okay you're gonna rent it you know like long-term families something like that and then I found out by talking to the people walking in for the first rentals that they were renting it for the weekend and they never the owners never approached us living next door saying here's what we're gonna do here's my phone number here's my name if there's ever a problem call I had to months later ask her say hey if there's a problem who do I call mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, call, call me. Here's my number. And she, they've been responsive when I've called. I'll give her that credit. But they're very uh, shady. Yeah. And she tried to represent it uh, yesterday as a, something that was rented basically for, for weeks or months and not that many renters, and it's always, and it's always families. It's not always families. 
So we need we need to make sure we put something in there. So you know, you know, can I don't know if you can write something in a regulation say, yeah, you can be grandfathered in if you don't for two years or a year or something, you know, or I'd like to say like for thirty seconds, but I don't know that won't work. But you need we need something because I think there's a probably I'm guessing at least at least a fifty-fifty shot that the Campbell County judge is going to disagree with what the BZA did because they're going to say it's not really a hotel either, even though it matched the description as you read it, uh, matched it pretty closely. I think I, I kept calling. I, I was surprised when I read the the letter from the township people. I said, "Why didn't they call it a hotel? It's more like a hotel than a bed and breakfast." But <laughs> so. We'd like to see it shut down, and I, I want to make sure that we do something quickly because I wake up middle of the night worrying. You know, I got a, an 85-year-old lady living next door to me on the other side. She's not going to be there forever. God knows I don't want another one of those things popping up next door to me. Mm -hmm. Every time there's a house that goes for sale in a neighborhood, I get nervous that there's going to be another B&B. &B. Because they're making a lot of money at this. They, this, this house has been rendered for 278 days over the last 14 months, and an average of somewhere between 300 and 400 dollars a day, depending on the time of the year. So that's their gross income is is a six-digit number. So it's it's big business, and it's that's why they bought a second house on Bent Creek, because it is big business. So we need to be able to prevent this from spreading and then we need to be able to shut down what's already existing somehow mm -hmm. can I read the yeah so the the I'll read the text amendment that we're it, there are other things in the zoning that we're looking at but specific to this subject um, this says a dwelling unit or portion thereof which is offered or provided by a guest by a rental owner or operator for a fee for a term of less than for a term of less than one that's a short term rental owner so shouldn't that say a term not less than one year no but what it says is a short term rental yes is something that's less than one year okay so and then the next section says short term rentals okay now i follow you yeah so so you have to do the definition first I get it so that's a, what a short-term rental is I'll read that again for clarity a dwelling unit or portion thereof which is offered or provided to a guest by a short-term rental owner or operator for a fee for a term of less than one year then the next section says short-term rentals as defined herein shall not be permitted in any residence district period well, that's fine, it's but as the lawyer says, anything that exists mm -hmm. will be allowed to continue to operate. That's the second, yeah, there's two timelines going on. So so this will take care, of, take care of two houses away from you. Right. Because we we're going to get this done as soon as possible. That'll, that'll that's shut down. That's why we're here the day after the zoning. That'll shut down yeah. new things. But no, and then need the to house next to you is subject to the the common pleas court Lawson. determination yeah. yeah 
and we're going to do our best to expedite that. But is there is there anything you can put in your code about to 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 your point about the nuisance thing? Yeah, I you want me to address that. I can address that. Mm -hmm. um, sort of intimated before, but I want everybody to understand. Um, townships have very different authority to deal with these things than a city. So when you say the city of Cincinnati does it like this, the city of Columbus does it like this, I don't care. Because we don't have the, any, not just Sims Township, but townships don't have the same authority to do things right. uh, the way cities do. So we can only do this through zoning, which is what we're proposing to do. Um, we 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 don't have the authority to permit them and then you know tax them. Um, we don't have the. I know somebody said, well, if they do this too many times, you take their license away. We're not giving licenses for this. There is no license to operate a short-term rental. So we take we're taking this path on the zoning. We have a nuisance or we have a nuisance resolution already. Uh, we have noise resolutions already. So to the extent that those things uh, already exist and people call the police, um, the, it, then it becomes a law enforcement issue. But we don't have the authority under our zoning power to say, um, you've had three noise complaints in the last year, so now you're shut down. We can't do that. We just don't, townships don't have the authority to do that. Um, we can continue to police it uh, through a law enforcement, you know, and, and enforce the things that we already have. But I just don't want people, I, I'm saying this because I don't want people to get the impression that we're going to do this text amendment that's going to stop all the future ones, and then we have something in our back pocket to deal with some of the existing ones. We, we have we have a nuisance resolution we have noise resolutions we have some tools but we do not have the authority to then shut them down because they because they've had too many complaints we just that's so not within the, our i'm not familiar with that does that, does that provide for fines or something because it can make it painful for the owners i i don't think so our current nuisance regulations are strictly deal with trash junk tall weeds, nuisances in that regard. Yeah. So if they have tall weeds or grass or junk, we can send them a notice and they have to clean it up. They have so many days to clean it up. And if they don't clean it up, then we will go in and clean it up and we bill them for the cleanup. Yeah, so it doesn't do anything for them. The only thing that's going to help me is if the court upholds the hotel motel thing. Yes. Right. Otherwise, the people that are next door to me or the crazy people next door to you are, are, are going to be there forever until they want to quit doing what they're doing, until they get tired of making money. Yes. Which is a shame, because then if it gets, well, it's not been too bad at my, at my house. The way my house is situated, their, their deck is kind of not in my direct view, but if it were, otherwise they'd be looking about moving. So that's been going on for how long next door to you? Uh, they start. They started renting uh, mid-November of 2020. It's been 14 months. Okay. 
Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else that would like to speak? Okay, I think this is uh, the first step in the process, and um, that's why we're here tonight to get it going and up and running so we can get it done as quick as possible. Bill, do you want to make any more comments? Um, just kind of to that point, I mean, our law director has given us a timeline per Ohio Revised Code so we can track this with Kim's help and making sure that we are setting each of these steps absolutely as quick as possible. To read the list of the rest of the stuff, or do you just you guys want to vote? Do you want to read it? I, I think we should hear the okay. rest. Okay, I'll go through it real quick. <clears throat> so uh, the other text amendments that we are proposing tonight is under section 137.3 height and area requirements. So we are amending the setback requirements for parking areas from 20 feet to 10 feet. We are amending, proposing to amend section 143.2 shared parking so that shared parking can continue between offices and retail and retail and offices. Under section four, section 146.1 outdoor lighting, we are proposing to increase the height from 15 feet to 24 feet above the grade for lighting. Section 171, additional use height and area regulations and exceptions. We are proposing to cross out uncovered porches under section 171.10 and under 171.13 we would like to insert the word deck and insert the word or rear yard under 171.13 for closed or screen porch deck or paved terrace may project into a front yard or rear yard for a distance not exceeding 10 feet under section 321.4-1 wall signs we are proposing to add number three so it reads a maximum number of wall signs permitted shall be one per building facade roll and increase it to 50 and then strike the maximum of 35 square feet to 75 square feet per side per side max of two sides under section 351 detached garage storage structures or other detached structures we would like to add to this section sure. under section 351.4 and establish maximum number of detached structures permitted so we are proposing that one structure be permitted on one acre lots or less and two structures on anything over one acre. Section nine deals with the definition of a short-term rental. We would like to add this section to our code. Section 10, section 51. rentals 
under section 320.4 variable message centers for signs in the O or O district we would like to add this new section 320.4 which would allow variable message center signs in the O district and we would it would be the same as all of our other um, variable message centers that we did last summer when we added it to the residence district but this would only allow for ground signs in that office district and that is it okay i want to ask a quick question i noticed there's two signs up on um, montgomery road and i know that they were having trouble fixing it it, does that address this in here? No, I put it in as ground signs because all of our other districts only permit message centers on ground signs. So does that mean they're not going to be allowed to? No, they would have to do it as a ground sign with this resolution. Can they come in and since it's already there? They would have to go through the BZA to get approval to expand a use that's not, what's well, not a use, it's non-conforming message centers are not allowed in an office district period so they have a non-conforming use yes. yeah the, 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 what they have now is already a non-conforming use and as long as they want to keep it they can keep it but if they want to change to a different one then it would have to comply with the new regulations and actually the current regulations say they can't have one at all the, what's being proposed would say that they can have a variable message sign but it has to be a ground mounted sign not on the okay. on the wall okay. right. so and it's exactly the same as all the other districts okay any, any questions no I'm good okay so we're at roll call right. Miss Lease aye Mr. Beck aye okay I'm moving uh, we don't have any executive sessions so I move to adjourn second Roll call. Ms. Lees? Aye. Mr. Beck? Aye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming.